welcome to season two of the Daily Driver podcast presented by ThisIsBracketRacing.com. I'm your host, Luke Bogacki. Thus far on our perfect weapon series here within the Daily Driver podcast, I have shared my very subjective opinion on dragsters versus door cars. What is the ultimate door car? What is the ultimate dragster? Today, we're going to shift gears and go into the NHRA ranks. Now, admittedly, I'm not qualified to talk about the fast brackets, right? Top dragster, top sportsman, and I'm certainly not qualified to discuss the intricacies of class racing, stock, super stock, competition, eliminator. But the super classes, specifically 890 and 990, Oh, that's right. In my wheelhouse, baby. I'm not going to spend too much time on super comp, basically because my thoughts mirror those of bracket racing with a dragster that I shared in our last episode. Basically, it is my opinion that faster is better. Now, admittedly, having a, I don't know, 190 mile an hour super comp car is expensive. And let's be honest, if you're going super comp racing, if you're going... 90 racing, if you're going NHRA racing, there is zero hope for return on investment. Like it is just not there. So you're not that there's a ton of ROI in much of anything that we do in sportsman racing, but that's the slimmest margin. With that said, (laughs) if we're talking exclusively about what is the best tool for the job in super comp, faster is better because the faster motors are more efficient which makes them more consistent. And I believe that this gets exaggerated in 90 racing for a variety of reasons, like how how spread out the events are, how much conditions change, et cetera. Like efficiency equals consistency. And the more um, forgiving your combination can be under pretty extreme changes in conditions, the better. Um, Another reason that I think faster is better in Supercom most drivers are more comfortable chasing. That's a thing, but I think far more important than whether or not you or I are more comfortable being the faster car is that most are comfortable chasing. So when you have one of the fastest cars on the ground, most of your opponents are uncomfortable getting chase. It's it's just an intimidation factor. It forces a lot of opponents to approach rounds differently. It just gets in their heads. It's a lot of the same same uh, uh, reasons that I made for having a really fast purpose-built door car on the door car side of a big dollar bracket race. What's more interesting, at least to me, than the 890 category is the super gas class, the 990 category. It is one of the few perhaps the only category in NHRA Lucas Oil Series competition today where I believe that you can truly buy an advantage, like you can purchase an advantage. The case in point, my Corvette, like it is a purpose-built super gas machine. It's just a better tool for super gas than something like my Vega or any back half car that's been adapted to compete in the super gas category. That's not, I can readily sit here and tell you like, I have the best tool for the job. I have a built-in advantage in super gas. It's not something that I ashamed of. It's why I bought the damn thing, right? 
part of the advantage to having a quality purpose-built car is that it's built to go fast, right? My, my Corvette being a prime example, the more power that I put to that thing, the better it works, right? I got my first one and it would run like 990 at 160 and I was fairly intimidated by it, right? That's why I was going slower. And then as I got more comfortable, I put more and more power to it. Now I go 990 at 175, I have a better car, just a better race car. Um, but in saying that, What's unique about Supergas in juxtaposition to Supercomp is the variance in terms of speed across the field. In Supercomp, a small percentage of the field today runs under, let's say, 170 miles per hour. And I would say well over half the field roll at 175 plus. So even if you're trucking in Supercomp, you've got one of the fastest cars there, let's say you're going 190. Everyone's judgeable. There's no one so slow that it's intimidating. Very, very few cars so slow that it's intimidating. In super gas, however, cars entries like my Vega are still prominent. And with the, the fairly recent change in format, like NHRA basically gave us back three hundredths of a second on the tree uh, a couple of years ago. And it made cars like that, like back half cars that don't have a ton of power, it made them competitive again because they could get a light right? Everybody can get a light in Supergas now. So there's a much more significant portion of the field in 990 running at, let's say, under 150 miles per hour, even many under 140 miles an hour. So while your fast Supergas car, 175 mile an hour Supergas car, should be more consistent, should be more dialable, should be more efficient, should be quote unquote better, than the 140 mile an hour car, guess what? It better be. Because you can't drive the finish line in it just like you can't drive the finish line in the slower car. Like the speed difference is 30 plus miles per hour. My point isn't that I don't still value the purpose super gas, purpose built super gas car, I do. My point is that unlike Supercomp, I think in the 990 category, you can actually go too fast. Not because it's harder to get down the racetrack. It's not. Not because it's not more efficient, more predictable to have more power. I think it is. But because you can go too fast to consistently, reliably do a good job at the finish line. As a result, it's my opinion that the ultimate super gas ride is a quality purpose-built car on the faster side of the field but within reason, not the fastest car. I would prefer the 165 to 170 mile per hour range, probably closer to the 165 than the top end of the class in terms of mile per hour where you're running 175, 180, and at times really tracking down those slower opponents. <laughs>